With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so today is August 3rd, 2015. We've got AC training number one of ten. So, awesome. Yay, I'm excited, and I'm very happy to be working with you. And having had the experience already with, you know, touching base with animal communication work through the other teachers, you know, is going to really serve you, I feel. So that's awesome. So let's go ahead and start with a guided opening meditation. Now, you've probably been exposed to these in the past through someone, somewhere, um, and I want to expose you to this for a very particular reason. I want you to start to get the sense of what it's like for you in your own body to feel centered and present. Um, I know when I first started doing this work, people would say, teachers would say, get present, get centered, and I really never understood exactly what that meant. And then as I have been doing this work over the years, I've discovered, oh, it's not so much what they meant, it's an actual state of being, it's a feeling. So it's going to be good for you to experience that. So let's go ahead and get dive right in. So okay. let's go ahead and take a deep breath. And on the exhale, let's allow our eyes to close. And I want you to bring your awareness to inside your body. Inside your body, of course, you've got your energy field within and you've got your energy field spreading in all directions around you as well. But let's just focus on the internal aspect of ourselves. So to do that, normally our attention is in our brain behind our eyes. That tends to be where we focus on life from. So I'm going to invite you to drop that down as if it was going down an elevator to rest within your heart as if you were living life from this moment, not from behind your eyes and in your brain, but rather from within your heart. So I'm going to give you a few seconds of silence to bring yourself there. It's a very interesting thing that we humans tend to think that we need to operate from the top of our head, but part of that comes from training in the past, people saying, teachers saying, think with your head. You know, where are you? Are you paying attention? And we think all that comes from up above, when in reality we can actually operate our bodies and live our lives from a heart-centered space. And quite frankly, we could live through our bodies by bringing our awareness to everything from the top of our head to the tips of our toes and everything in between if we wanted. We could expand our awareness to include all aspects of our body. For the simplicity of animal communication, if we just get out away from our heads, though, it's really advantageous to bring our awareness to our heart space. So rather than including all of our body, which we could, We're going to just be there in our heart. And from that space, I want you to feel your own aliveness within your body. It's the energy within you. It's your soul. It's your spirit, whatever label you prefer to use. A lot of people also think that the the soul spirit is kept within the body. 
I've, you know, come through the my own awareness that I think it's actually the opposite way around, that our body is with, within the depth and expansiveness of our soul. Not that it matters what point of view you have, but it's that aliveness you want to tap into. And I want you to sit with yourself for a few seconds in silence and feel that aliveness within you. Within that aliveness is your center. Within your aliveness is the state of presence. So I'll define presence as the state of being, of operating and focusing on the here and now. You're not thinking about the future, what you'll be making for dinner, for example, and you're not thinking about the past, you know, what happened yesterday or 20 years ago. Instead, those, neither the future nor the past, actually exist. The future hasn't come yet into being, so it doesn't exist truly, except in our minds. <laughs> and the past already has come into completion, come to completion. So it is done and finalized and over. So thus, that doesn't exist anymore either, unless we bring memories back and then we can relive them through our minds. Our mind is a wonderful tool. However, it's not the place we want to operate from when we're actually doing animal communication work. The space I want you to be in instead is right here, centered and present within your own body. I think of that as the space within your heart and throughout all sections of your internal body, head to your tips to your toes. But from there, it's kind of like sitting back in a rocking chair. You're sitting easy. You're resting fully and relaxing fully into your center, into your body. Can you feel your own aliveness? Yes. Excellent. Now from there, I want you to invite some of your own energy, your aliveness, to just flow out through the bottoms of your feet as if they were tendrils of beautiful white light reaching into the floorboards, into the ground, and entering with total ease into the earth. The earth hugs us with great generosity of spirit as our own energy tendrils go through her and reach around her center core. Just imagine some of your own energy tethering yourself gently in place to the core of the earth, hugging the core, if you will. The purpose of this is to help us to remain grounded. When we're grounded, it's the idea that we are present and in our bodies. We're not doing animal communication work from half in and half out of ourselves, nor are we doing it from outside of ourselves. We chose to incarnate, and we chose to have a body at this time and at this phase of our life. And as a result, let's take advantage of the beautiful bodies that we have that allows us to communicate with the animals. Our bodies are an advantage, actually, in helping us do this work. Certainly beings without bodies, those crossed over in spirit, can communicate telepathically too, but at this time we have a body, so let's use it in a way that really works with us. So the universe, the earth, actually is here to support us, to nurture us, and to nurture our bodies. So I want you to invite forth and imagine some of the earth's energy cascading up the tendrils of white light to feed you, to nurture you with whatever energies you and your body require at this time. And know that any energies that are not 
helpful to you or serve you at this time can flow from you into the earth because the earth is a huge transmuter of energy. She neutralizes it and uses it as fertilizer, if you will. And from there, the last thing in this guided meditation, as you continue to remain tethered to the earth, which if it feels right for you may be something you wish to do before any animal communication session from here on out, whether it be with me or if you're working on your own in the future. I want you to expand your energy field out to fulfill the space in the room that you're currently residing in. If you make it your intention to expand out, then it will be so because it's intention-based. And from there, expand it out to enter and fill up the entire state that you live in, the country of the USA. Expand further out still to encompass the Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, all aspects of the internal core of the Earth, and out through our heads into the atmosphere beyond the stars, Earth exists within the Milky Way galaxy, so let's encompass the Milky Way galaxy as well. By expanding out, one of the advantages of that is it helps us also step away from our mind, which is a very compact, sometimes controlling aspect of ourselves. It's a great tool, but not a tool that we necessarily need in this moment. We want to be calm, grounded, and centered and expansive. Being expansive also reminds us of our connection with the oneness of everything that is. So go ahead and take another deep breath, and you can open up your eyes. How do you feel, Mary? Um, grounded. Excellent. Okay. Being grounded is huge when you do this work. Things that get a lot of people in an out-of-grounded state is upset, turmoil, worry, doubt. Um, a lot of the, the more negative emotions will rip us out, if you will, of being grounded. The easiest way of going back into being grounded and being present and centered within a matter of about five seconds or less is by taking a couple deep breaths. So let's practice that now because this is a tool that I will be reminding you as needed throughout all these classes. And you're going to want to start to get in the habit of reminding yourself to do when you're you know, working outside of class okay, on your own. If you take a deep breath and you relax, as you exhale, I want you to imagine yourself relaxing your energy into your body as if you're resting and sitting down into the rocking chair, sitting back into your body, which is the rocking chair. That's all you need to do. With every breath that you take, as you sit and relax within your body, that has a ripple effect on the physiolo physiology of your body and on your central nervous system. Deep breathing physiologically relaxes the spinal cord. It relaxes the brain. It relaxes the thinking. So it affects you physically, which when you relax physically, relaxes you mentally. When you get relaxed mentally, it relaxes you emotionally, and then your own intuitive abilities just open up naturally in that moment because you are relaxed. Being relaxed and neutral, 
neutral meaning there's no point of view that you have regarding what you hear, what you don't hear, how much you hear, how little you hear, how simple or complex it is. You're just there to be an active listener to whatever is being relayed to you in that moment from the animal or from a situation or from the universe or the divine itself, from your spirit guides, angels, you know, whatever, whomever you're receiving from in that moment. Okay? All right. Do you have any questions on that? Uh, no. That's, I, I think it's real good, and I appreciate that this last with the breath, that's some of the other techniques I've been given about breath are much more complicated. So this is Okay. Yeah, no, it's I don't look at it as like complex because you know what, our bodies naturally know how to breathe themselves, whether we're conscious of the process or not. But if we choose to add a little bit of consciousness to the breathing breathing, then in that moment we become centered by choice because we're conscious in that moment of what we're choosing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and move into the pointer's handout. So I did email it to you, and I give you the option of if you wanted to print it out or not. Either is cool with me. You may have seen this before. Um, it's called Animal to, Well, it's called Pointers to Enhance Interspecies Telepathic Communication, and it's actually found in the beginning part of Animal Animal Talk by Penelope Smith. What I want to do is I want to go through these because these pointers are huge at starting you off on the right foot. Um, with each of these pointers, I'm going to stop after each number, and I'm going to piggyback on some information that I think is really imperative for any beginner student to know from the get-go. Because if we're standing on a strong foundation of concepts or ideas about how this works and the frame of mind we want to come from when communicating with animals, then it's going to make your path a whole heck of a lot easier as we work together. If you have questions after each one, Please feel welcome now and in the courses, you know, or classes ahead to just jump right on and let me know because there's probably a reason why that question is coming up to mind and I want to honor you in that question, get it addressed because then you're energetically in the next state to move on to the next step or next teaching. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. So number one. More than any other factor, your attitude toward animals influences how receptive you are to their communication and how willing they are to communicate to you. Respect and revere animals as fellow beings, different in physical form than you, but of the same spiritual essence and potential. If you approach animals with condescension, thinking they are inferior in intelligence, awareness, or substandard in any way, you limit your ability to perceive and understand them as they truly are. As you increasingly see and treat them as fellow intelligent beings, you allow them to express themselves more deeply and fully to you, and your relationship develops, matures, elevates, and expands. Focusing only on the biological aspect of an animal, while fascinating and wondrous in itself, can place you in the ruts of conventional notions and inhibit true seeing of the spiritual essence and wisdom behind the physical form. Admiring an animal's spiritual qualities such as sincerity, trust, love, devotion, appreciation, loyalty, empathy, kindness, honor, honesty, patience, integrity, humility, joy, unselfishness, and wisdom will help to transform your whole relationship, enhancing the two-way communication and understanding between you. Be humble and receptive and allow animals to teach you. 
So my thoughts on this are it's really important when talking to an animal to let go of preconceived notions. For example, all thoroughbreds are this way. All pit bulls and Doberman pinchers and German shepherds are that way. All Siamese cats are talkers. Okay? Those are a lot of things that you know, um, society, maybe personal experience, has taught you okay, about certain ideas and certain preconceived notions. As an animal communicator, good communicators go into a session with a pit bull or a thoroughbred or a Siamese cat as an open slate, as a neutral slate, as a being who has no judgments one way or the other about the fact that this dog is a pit bull or that horse is a thoroughbred. Instead, we just look at it like, oh, pit bull, okay, it's a dog. I am talking to a dog. I am talking to a horse. I am talking to a cat. And you let go of everything else that you might have ideas around. Because here's the thing. If you go in as a communicator with an idea that all Siamese cats are talkers, for example, and you start talking to that Siamese cat, and that cat doesn't fit the mm, society's point of view that a lot of them are big-time talkers vocally, then what happens is your brain, your mind, creates a block to accurate communication coming from that animal that doesn't match the preconceived notion or belief or idea that you have about them. It disallows you from receiving all accurate information. Now, you'll probably get quite a bit of accurate info, but you might miss a few things here and there that just don't jive with your belief system. So this is a time, you know, when communicating, I tell people to put your beliefs and ideas, your personal agendas, up on a shelf. You can get them after the session, but if you really want to honor that animal and honor the person who wants to communicate with their pet, the best service you can provide is one of total neutrality. You won't get in your own way that way. And I will tell you, it takes time as a beginner, and even you know where I am now, I still discover along the way there are preconceived judgments and beliefs and ideas that sometimes I didn't even know I have. They're running in the background subconsciously, and they come up at times. And I, I, you know, at this point, I can recognize when they come up. But I remember being a beginner; I didn't always recognize it. But what would happen is I'd, I'd come upon a bit of information that I'd be like, you know, I seem to be getting all this information right, but this one piece I, I can't seem to either hear or sense very well, or it's not coming through clearly, or the owner says it doesn't make sense to them. Um, and, you know, I just have to sit back after the communication and look at that and be honest with myself, be like, huh, interesting. Do I have some idea around that that disallowed me from gathering accurate information? And sometimes I can discover it, and sometimes in that moment I can't. But either way, with time and with practice, they will come up, and you'll be able to step aside from them and let them go. Okay. So also, oh, go ahead. No, I. this is one... I've done because I've been working with this for almost a couple of years. I have made a lot of progress in this area, but like you said, there are. I know I live near. I live near Ann Arbor, which is near Detroit, and Detroit has a huge, you know, dog fighting dog problem, and it is not uncommon to have um, news of pit bulls biting and all this. So you're right. There are some preconceived notions. I'm afraid of pit bulls, really. Um, and so when I read that they're really loving animals and whatever, it's like, okay. I think for me the other thing is also the other way. Like there's certain animals that I have 
like dolphins, like I hold up to extreme whatever. And in order to want to communicate with them, I'm sure I'd be like beside myself, you know, if I could communicate with one, which probably interferes with the communication too, even the other way that I'm so excited and beside myself that this is such an amazing animal that, um, again, I'm not being neutral, so... Okay, and you know the awesome thing in what you just said and all that is the moment that we can come to a recognition that, hey, I've got a belief or point of view about this animal in this area and that animal in that area, then we are now in the knowing phase that we are eventually going to evolve out of that naturally. That evolution will naturally take place. We don't always have to work on ourselves. Now, there's a time and a place where ideas come to mind where we've really got to sit and work through it, okay? So I'm not saying you can't just ignore it. But what I'm saying is, you know, when it comes into your awareness, oh, interesting, i got a point of view around this, pat yourself on the back because you know what? In order to move forward or start the evolutionary path that we all uniquely have for ourselves, we have to come to a space of knowing that there's something in our way in the first place. When we're in that space of not knowing something's up and we don't know why we're getting this inaccurate, it's the not knowing where we feel like we're a fish swimming in circles and it's a bit frustrating. So kudos to you for knowing these aspects. And also I want to say to you, Mary, we've all got those things. Some of that stuff is conscious, like the examples you gave me now, and there's going to be stuff that's unconscious. And just kind of be like, oh, this is an opportunity to recognize my belief and to know that I'm on the evolutionary path towards evolving out of it. And I don't have to beat myself up for it or fix it or change it or say it's wrong for me to think that way. It's a very valid thought, I can tell myself, and I know I'll eventually evolve out. Okay. Okay. Good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's about being in a state of allowance of who you are now and where you are in your own evolutionary process. Okay? One of the biggest things that helps us move quickly into moving into animal communication, telepathic communication fluid, fluidly in a conversational-type manner, which I know you're seeking, is to be okay with where you are right now, no matter what you're dealing with or coming up with related to the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, another thought on this. It's going to be important to let go of what you see animals doing with their behavior and basing any communication or evaluating them on that. Um, Because in communication telepathically, we're moving beyond what we see them doing physically with their behavior. You know, one of the common mistakes I see beginning students do in the in-person classes that I offer is they'll want to open their eyes and communicate with the animal. And I have them close their eyes to help keep them out of the idea that that they often come to, which is the idea that the animal's probably thinking about whatever they're doing with their body in that moment. Okay, and I like mm-hmm. to tell them from up front, okay, how many times have you as a person done dishes and been thinking the entire 20 minutes that you've been washing the dishes about washing every dish with care? <laughs> probably yeah. not, okay? No. We're probably thinking about dinner and our company coming next weekend and this and that. Our mind is elsewhere when we're doing an activity. And you know what? That can happen for animals too. So that dog laying down in the corner who you might think, oh, he's tired and sleepy, he might have a bellyache. He might be in mourning because his dog friend passed away last week. He could be anywhere emotionally. And we've got to let go of behavior because we're going deeper. And instead, we need to let go of assumptions as well, assuming this or that based on behavior, and instead going to asking. Ha, the dog's lying down. 
why, dog, are you laying down? And he may tell you he's tired, but he may tell you something bigger if you don't go in with a preconceived idea. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Number two, you want to believe in your own intuitive ability to give and receive telepathic communication. Don't invalidate your perception of impressions, images, or messages in any form. Okay, so here's the idea of doubt can get in our way. Now, you've heard that before from other teachers. Here's why doubt gets in your way. When you go into doubt when you're doing a communication session, it pops you out of being centered in your rocking chair. Again, your rocking chair is akin to your body. It's a metaphor. And where does it pop you? It pops you right back up into your mind. And you begin doing the session from your mind, which is not where the animal is. The animals communicate generally, more often than not, from their entirety of their being, okay, which I'll call being heart-centered. It's really from their entire body, but it's, we'll call it heart-centered. They're not always stuck in their mind like we humans tend to be. That monkey chatter that I know we discussed, you know, where we can't turn our minds off and we keep thinking, 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 the easiest way of dropping down is to take that deep breath I mentioned in the beginning because when you do that, you're, making, you're consciously making the choice to become aware of your heart-centeredness. So it's as simple as taking a deep breath. If you pop up during the middle of a communication session and you're thinking or you're stuck in doubt, say to yourself, oh, I'm in doubt. I'm not going to beat myself up for it. I'm not going to say, oh, bad me. I'm instead going to be like, oh, I'm in doubt. Okay, cool. That's where I am on this, in this second of my evolutionary journey. And it's probably a teaching moment to give me the opportunity to recognize I'm in doubt now, which is part of the process of moving forward. So now I know what to do. I just take a deep breath. I drop down in my heart again okay, which I know relaxes my body, which relaxes my mind, which relaxes my energy field, which naturally puts me back into that state of being of easy communication flow. Okay. All right. So when you practice, not just with me in these 10 classes, but of course outside of this class, and I do encourage you to continue doing that if you're not doing it already with open mind friends and family members. Um, pause talk, P-A-W-S talk is a forum you can Google for online. It's a free animal communication forum where the public posts photographs of their animals. Uh, Lisa Larson is an ACer who runs it. She's located out in California, but she runs that site and just kind of, you know, monitors it. She doesn't, you know, give feedback really to students, but she monitors what's going on. But that's an open forum where you can practice if you're wanting. Um, so as you continue to practice, Know that with every practice communication you do, whether you feel successful or not at the end of it, is actually repatterning you. Okay? It's helping you and your vibration to continue on your own personal evolutionary journey in doing the animal communication work. And every being and every vibration and every journey is so different from everybody else's. So you, know, you can't compare the speed of one's journey to another. So I invite you from the beginning to let go of having the point of view, I want to go fast. I want to go as fast as I saw so-and-so in another class do. I want to be where they are getting that amount of information in that great a detail. Um, you really want to let go of all that stuff because that stuff is egoic stuff. It comes from your mind. It's your mind's point of view. And we love your mind's input, but we want to do heart-centered work where we're serving ourselves and being of service of, to the animals and to the humans attached to those animals. And then to be in that state, you can't be in your mind. You can't be in your ego. You really need to be heart-centered. 
So you need to be willing to catch yourself when those thoughts come and to let them go. Also, in doing this work now and in the days ahead, your goal when working with me, Mary, so that you can get the most out of these practice sessions is to, when we do an exercise together, to not judge whatever information comes through, no matter how little you hear from the animal or how much, to what degree or depth or how simple. You might get a single word. You might get a color. You might get this or that. I will guide you and help you. But I want you to be comfortable enough during our sessions together and with me to tell me anything and everything you get because your job as a beginner is to get comfortable with relaying anything and everything. And I will tell you, for some students, they find that a struggle because what they do is they judge the information coming in and they say to themselves before they relay it to the AC or their teacher, okay, this bit makes sense, so I'm going to tell my teacher I got this. But this stuff over here is kind of nebulous. I'm not sure. I, might, I, I think I know what it means, but I'm not really not sure. So I'm not going to mention that at all. And you therefore never get feedback from the teacher on the stuff that you weren't too sure about. The advantage of telling me anything and everything you get, even the stuff you're unsure of, is with time you're going to start, through my feedback, being able to discuss what accurate information actually feels like and what inaccurate information feels like. In order for me to help you develop the sensitivity of recognizing that information is accurate or inaccurate, or even that it's coming from you or coming from an animal, you have to be willing to tell me everything so I can help you decipher. I can't under-emphasize under how important that is. Okay? Yep, I think I'll be okay on this. One of the reasons I um, was, I don't know, the word is driven to, to do this individually is you hit the nail on the head when I was in all these classes and information would come up I never volunteered first, and what I would produce, what I would give them in terms of what I had gotten are things that probably fit with what they said. Um, I was afraid to to say things not. Now, the last class I took, I became a little more brave, and I would do that, but then I would be absolutely mortified. For me, the one-on-one, I'll be okay on this. because. Okay. And what you're saying is, you know, it was never... Ex- I'm not knocking any other teacher. I've learned a lot. But it was never explained this way in terms of the whole um, accurate versus inaccurate that you would be able to help me determine or or decipher the information because that is something, because mine comes in as like a feeling. It is pretty nebulous a lot of times, and that is what I'm looking for. So I think this will be really good for me. Oh, my. Excellent, yes. You know, all teachers, we all have their awarenesses. Um, I, I wasn't taught that either. It's just something I've discovered in my own evolutionary journey. And you will have your own discoveries along the way, both with me and in years in the future, that you'll have never read in a book and you'll never have heard an ACR say, and yet it will sit right with you because it fits you in your journey. Things that other people say to us on our life's journey, whether it be in AC work or other aspects of life, that doesn't match our vibration or where we're at now or doesn't resonate with us. You've probably heard that word a lot. It resonates or it doesn't resonate. If it doesn't resonate, it's like oil falling off, you know, the water back, okay? If your body's made of water, it's oil that just falls right off. 
when something sticks and resonates for you, it's because there's something there that you need to know right here, right now. So even if you heard that same bit of information a year ago, it might not have stuck. (laughs) No, absolutely, because I'm focusing. I think the other thing on this, this is the big one, and you get in classes with individuals that have incredible intuitive abilities, or they're like I, my last class, she, it turned out she didn't say anything up front, which is all right. She was an angel reader. She used angels all the time. So here she is getting, um, it's like, oh, this is I'm brand new. Nah. See, for me, I don't consider that brand new because she was coming up with whole stories, and I'm like with two sentences. And then eventually by the end of the classes, I, you know, I figured it out. Oh, my goodness, she actually was doing it professionally. So I, in, in terms of comparing myself, I was like, there we go again. I got this intuition thing in the way. So, yeah, then you get really, you doubt yourself. And I think the most advice you get from many teachers, and they mean well, is just, you know, kind of get over it. Oh, you can do it. And I get that, but when you're in the position where you know that intuition is blocked and you're not getting it, having someone just say, oh, just keep doing it, get over it, it is frustrating. And it throws up, I think, sometimes more blocks, really. So. Yes, I hear you, I get that, and I've been there too, and I remember times in the beginning when I used to say, I can't do this, and I get frustrated. So I want you to know that it's par for the course to feel frustrated and to feel at times doubtful and to know or think that you can't get so much information that you're wanting, to want it so bad and yet it's not unraveling itself. Um, That's par for the course. And sometimes if as a student beginner you say, okay, Danielle told me it's par for the course. I'm going to experience that. And, you know, Mary, there are times I've been doing this, I've been doing this professionally nine years, been able to do it for ten years, but it's like there are still things that every now and then come up my way where it's like, okay, I've got to sit here and take a lot of deep breaths and center myself because I'm struggling with this or that. Um, and I just remind myself, you know what? It's part of the evolutionary course. Every roadblock in my way is an opportunity for me to look at it, shine some light on it, and move through it. Okay? So it's actually there to serve you. All right, let's keep going. So I want us to do an exercise towards the end, so I do want to move through this. Sure. Number three. Be ready, receptive, mentally quiet, and alert. If your mind is busy, full of thoughts and background static, you can't listen and receive. To get to this state may take considerable practice and changes in lifestyle. You may wish to avoid substances and environmental conditions that dull the mind or make it too agitated. Adopt habits that reduce stress and increase calmness like balanced food, exercise, rest, yoga, meditation, spending quiet time with your animal friends, and out in nature. So in brief here, number three, do what nurtures you. Everything that nurtures you is going to be different than what nurtures me, that nurtures me in the beginning of doing this work. Meditation nurtures me now, but in the first two, three years, I couldn't sit and meditate to save my life. But you know what? I could communicate with animals. I found that heck of a lot easier. So um, everybody's journey and roadblocks are different. What we find challenges differs from people to people. But you do know what makes you feel good. For example, for me, warm baths, drinking a cup of herbal tea, those things nurture me. Getting away from other human beings 
is something I sometimes have to do for myself, and that nurtures me. Going and reading a book nurtures me. So do whatever works for you, because here's the thing. The more you relax your physical body in your everyday life, when and where you can, I mean, we work and we do things, but when and where you can, also repatterns you. And it's basically saying, hey, universe, see what I'm doing? I am nurturing myself. And animal communication work is a form of spiritual work, and that nurtures every being who is drawn to the path. So I am moving more vibrationally in alignment by taking everyday actions that shows I wish to be nurtured. And the universe is like, all right, I will give you more of what you're demonstrating action-wise, and it makes the AC learning and doing a heck of a lot easier. For you, I'm intuitively getting it's going to be important for you to not be self-critical. I get you can be overly critical of yourself at times. So to, when, when that comes up, don't beat yourself up and don't say, oh, there I am going again, doing that thing again to myself. Instead, I want you to put your hand on your heart and being, oh, say to yourself, oh, I'm being critical of myself right now. And have that critical thought or sentence you just said to yourself about yourself or about whomever in mind and put your hand on your heart and in that moment feel that energy and go, I love myself. Despite this thought I have, I love myself anyway. Because that allows you to love yourself through that moment of critiquing yourself. And what you'll discover is those critiques that are being offered up from your mind, it's not coming from the real you, it's coming from your mind, will start to disengage and lose their power over you. Okay, So that's how you can handle it. Number four, cultivate flexibility a willingness to learn from all beings and to change your ideas. Watch for judgments and preconceptions that limit receptivity to what the animals generally is really communicating. Excuse me. Be open to surprises, the unexpected. Let go of conventional notions of human-animal communication. Be ready for animals to communicate and question them on any level, from what food they like to what they can teach you to improve your life to what they consider the most profound truths. So when we relax our bodies, our animals, whether they be wild or domestic friends, can teach us so much. And also when it comes to animal size and intelligence and brain capacity has no correlation. Sometimes, at least I remember back in grade school, I remember being taught that beings with complex brains like dolphins and whales and dogs and horses and pigs and gorillas and monkeys had greater intelligence than ants or butterflies, or hamsters, or turtles, okay? And I, I just bought that hook, line, and sinker. And then I started doing the animal communication. Yeah, I heard my te- teachers say that, but I needed to discover it firsthand myself. And, you know, every being has intelligence. You can take ten horses, or ten dolphins, or ten spiders, and you're going to have everything on the spectrum of intelligence, from very simple-minded to all the way up to wise gurus and everything in between. Just like you can take 10 human beings and you've got simple-minded humans and super-intelligent Einstein humans. Okay? Intelligence in the whole scheme of things when it comes to you know, the animals, um, they don't value that nearly as much as we humans do. They tend to val- balance, or they value balance and nurturing and compassion and love and appreciation a whole heck of a lot more. So the qualities of appreciation is different. Also, when animals talk, what they talk about may differ between species. 
Okay, you know, you're probably not going to get much wisdom from the average animal regarding finances because they just don't have a capacity in their culture to do finances, to do money, okay, things like that. But if you talk to a honeybee about communication and collaboration and group teamwork, oh, they will give you a whole slew of information that is so wise and so knowledgeable. So they all have their own knowledge base, not just as a species, but also amongst individuals. All right, number five, be emotionally peaceful. Here's the thing. Notice that, emotionally peaceful. And Mary, to be emotionally peaceful, if you want to get there, take deep breaths and sit in your center. Within our center is the greatest inner peace that we have access to because you know what? We're being one with ourselves in that moment. We humans are always running away from ourselves. We're trying to do this or do that. We're trying to do this better or do that better as if an action would somehow help us be more of who we truly are when that's not it at all. It's about taking a breath and being one with yourself, being at peace with yourself, being at ease with yourself. How do you do that? Sit with yourself. (laughs) And you don't have to do anything. Having an emotional investment in what animals say to you or how they should be can influence what you receive. If you require that animals like you or be affectionate before you can communicate with them, this can disturb them, block their true feelings or ideas, or cloud your receptiveness to them. In working with improving your two-way communication with animals, don't flood animals with emotion, whether it's love, fear, sadness, or anger, because if you are putting out strong emotion, you are generally not receptive to anything else, and you will get back only your own emotion or the animal's response to it. So for number five, we're not saying don't love your dog, but what we're saying is there's a time and a place to love our animals and to gush out and emanate love towards them, and that time is not when you're wanting to communicate telepathically. If you want to hear accurately and easily with your animal friends, then move out of love or whatever emotional state you're in, upset, you know, anger, hurt, um, compassion, and instead enter the space of neutrality. Neutrality is another word for peace. If you are in neutrality, a.k.a. peace, then to get there, you take a deep breath, you become centered, and then you start the communication centered. When you are centered with you, you being you, and not being distracted by an emotion, then you can receive everything that animal is saying to you. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. All right, number six, be alert and calm. Don't force the communication or try too hard. Notice your body posture and tension, leaning forward over the animal, straining forehead or facial muscles, breathing shallowly, tightening hands, manipulating or controlling the animal. Shift instead into the receptive mode. This looks like leaning back, opening chest and hands, breathe slowly and deeply, relax and listen. So it's important here to relax the physical body before starting a communication session because as I've said twice now, if you relax your physical body, you relax your mind, which relaxes your energy field, which naturally opens you up to receiving intuitive information. Okay. It's in those times when we are upset or pensive that the body contracts, whether we realize it or not. Okay. If we have a thought about doubt, okay, what happens on some level, whether you're conscious of it or not, is you contract in your body. And when you contract, you're not relaxed. So you can either be in a state of contraction or relaxation. To get to a state of relaxation when you are contracted 
all it takes is, oh, I'm contracted right now, or I'm in doubt, which means I'm contracted. So I'm just going to take a deep breath, which will just relax me, which relaxes my mind naturally, which relaxes my energy, and here we go again. And, you know, in the beginning, I remember being a student where I would go back and forth. I would practice. 10 minutes at my computer, actually on that same pause talk forum that I told you about way back uh, my 10 years ago, and I would find that I'd receive a bit from the animal, and then I would get contracted or I'd go into doubt. Did they really say that? And I'd be right up from my heart, back in my head, and then I'd have to take a deep breath. Okay, let me get back to where I need to be. Okay, now I'm relaxed and open, and now I can go back to the communication. And I would oscillate back and forth, back and forth between that. And what I've discovered in observing my students these years since I've been teaching this course, these courses, is that it's normal. And just about, well, actually every student and myself has gone through that. And that's part of the evolutionary journey that seems to be a common thread amongst people. So don't be like, oh, this is happening to me and only me. Nah, it happens to everybody. It's par for the course, too. All right. So relax your body. Put your body in whatever position feels right. If you're doing a session, you know, with here, here with me on the phone, maybe sitting feels good, or sitting Indian style. Penelope Smith did to receive wisdom from the males, uh, from the whales, that if students who are beginners put their feet on the floor, you know, flat on the floor when they were sitting in a chair, that it would remind them that they were grounded to the earth, and it would allow the earth to more easily help them in staying tethered, grounded, calm, and relaxed, and it would help most students to communicate with the animals um, more easily. If you find that works for you, by all means do that. As a beginner, I found that it's very uncomfortable for me to sit in a chair like that, so I generally naturally fold my legs Indian style, and that's how I communicate. And you know what? I do just fine <laughs> communicating that way. So do what feels right for you. There's no cookie-cutter rule here. It's just a, a guidance. We expose you to a lot of different tools. You pick the tools that fit you and your toolbox, and you pull them out as needed, and you let go of those tools that don't seem to resonate. Okay? Yeah. Number seven, let communication assume its own form whether it's feelings, images, impressions, thoughts, verbal messages, sounds, other sensations, or simply knowing. Get familiar with how you receive so you recognize it and let it and other avenues open up. Let the sense of meaning unfold by itself. Don't analyze, evaluate, or criticize. Remain innocent and non-judgmental. Okay, let me stop right there for a moment. You want to remain innocent and non-judgmental. How does a human do that when we're judging? You know, we've been taught to judge this and that and to have preferences and all that. Um, it's okay to have preferences. They tend to come from the soul. It's part of who we really are underneath all the mental and egoic stuff. Um, judgments, not from the soul, not typically. Okay, that's more of from the mind and things we picked up in this lifetime or other lifetimes that we've gleaned and are, you know, throwing out to judge and place upon on others, other people, other animals, or upon ourselves. They don't serve us. Instead, what they do is a judgment brings you out of your heart space and up into your mind. So to remain innocent, again, take a deep breath, drop down, and begin again communicating. You want to accept what you get and acknowledge the communication. If in doubt, relax and ask again, but don't keep doubting and refusing to accept a communication impression or you build your own walls. Yeah, doubt can create layers. I'm doubting myself, I'm doubting myself again five minutes later, I'm doubting myself again seven seconds later, and seven seconds later, and again and again and again. And you start to create layers of doubt, and it might be easier just to take a deep breath and sit in silence for a few, you know, a few seconds at least, 
and then go back to the communication so that those doubts, those layers of doubt you just kind of, you know, impounded upon yourself and around yourself lift away. They will. Doubt lifts immediately the moment you become centered because doubt does not exist within you on a soul level. Doubt is from the mind. Okay. All right. So my thoughts on this, be willing, oh, it says here, be willing to take risks. Don't be afraid to acknowledge whatever communication you get. Don't worry about what other people will think or even what you will think. So animal communication is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be light and easy. This is fun practice. This is the most fun practice you've probably ever been asked to do. I remember when I learned math and science and English and all that in grade school, I can't say all of that was fun. Some of it was, but you know with animal communication work, almost all of this is fun because you and I love the animals so much, and it really can. If we keep that in mind, our love for them, the funness that animals have for us when we think about animals, I mean, fun energy is nice and light and more akin to who we are at soul level because souls know how to have fun. (laughs) Number eight, practice with a wide variety of animals in various situations. Step back from the normal routine and expectations and be willing to learn and discover. All right. Time-wise, we're, we're doing good. We're actually fine time-wise. So I want to oh, do this exercise with you, but I do want to honor any questions that have come to mind first. No, I, I think this is – I appreciate all the insight. I've gone over – this form usually is one that a lot of teachers use, but a lot of them um, don't go into – other than reading the words, they don't expound on them. So I appreciate what you've said here a lot. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. So here's the exercise we're going to do today. We're going to do an exercise, an energy feeling, energy sensing, if you will, exercise with my cat, Lyra. So Lyra is a black cat. I did send you her photo, although you don't have to have it up in front of you. It's totally your choice whether you do or not. Now, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to do an actual animal communication session with her. We're going to leave that for class two and beyond, okay? If it happens to evolve into that, cool, we'll go with it. We'll go with the flow. But it's not necessarily what I'm trying to help you expand into in this moment. Instead, this is going to be an exercise where I want to help you develop your sensitivity of knowing the difference between feeling your energy and feeling the energy of another being. Because all beings have a different vibration or resonance, if you will. I like to think of beings as being like instruments. If you're a violin and I'm a tuba, and Lyra is a a flute, and your own pet is a cello, each instrument is going to have a different effect on the world because they're vibrationally expressing from soul level, and their soul expression is unique. Every being is a unique note, holding a unique resonance in their own unique body. And so the way we do things and the way we feel to ourselves and to each other is indeed unique. So I want you to feel what that's like. So, Mary, go ahead and get comfortable if you're not already. Take a deep breath and become centered. Take a deep breath, and as you exhale, drop your awareness into feeling the aliveness within your own body. And go ahead and let me know when you can feel that. Okay. Great. Now I'm going to invite you to shift your focus over to Lyra's energy field. Now, 
You may have the photo in front of her, but if you just use her name, Lyra the cat, and know that she's a living cat here in my home, she's five years old, and I've owned her since she was eight weeks old. If you just keep that information in mind, it will allow you to feel the energy of this cat named Lyra who fits that description. So I want you to bring your awareness to feeling Lyra's energy now, her aliveness within her body. So go ahead and do that and let me know when you feel her. Okay. Excellent. Now, just like you sat before in your own energy field, I want you to sit within her energy field. I want you to allow the energy, the aliveness of who Lyra is to surround you, to immerse you, to nurture you, which as you do that, and I'll give you a silence here in a few seconds, which as you do that, you're probably going to feel her energy become more strong around you, more palpable in some way, shape, or form. So I'll give you a few seconds here. What sh- in doing this, what exactly should I be? Am I, see, am Your I- role is to sense and be aware of her energy. It's not to communicate. It's not to talk. Okay. not to receive or perceive anything other than feeling her energy just like before you felt your own energy in your body. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to pull her toward me, am nope. I? Nope. You're sitting within her because here's the thing. All beings are in oneness. So in reality, there's an aspect of her where she's you and you're her. Sure, you're individual souls, but you are still within the realm of all that is. And within all that is, is you and her. Okay? So you don't have to reach. Nope, that's too much effort, way too much effort. Instead, you're just shifting your focus from your energy to her energy. If you make it your intention to do so, it will be so. Okay. So do you feel her energy around you? Yes. Excellent. And your body may not sense it and pick it up. I know my body doesn't. I mean, some people out there probably do. But this is more of an energetic sense, a feeling. It probably comes through through feeling. Now, here's what I want you to do for the next five seconds. I want you to jump back and forth. I want you to go back to bringing your awareness to feeling you and then back to feeling her and back to you and back to her. Do this a few times. And I want you to take some deep breaths right now, which will relax your body, relaxing your mind, and relaxing your energy, which actually increases your ability to be aware of her energy. So sit within her energy again, and I want you to listen as you sit within her energy. And she's aware of this exercise. I can sense her sitting like on a shelf, you know, observing us doing this exercise. She knows, she's done this many times with students, so she knows that she's not supposed to be communicating telepathically with you, but rather giving you the opportunity to practice sensing her energy, sensing energy in general. So just know she's with us, but not 
she knows her job. She knows her role is not basically to interfere. So while sensing her energy and feeling her, keep an ear open to me. Within a being's energy field is all information about them, everything they've ever thought, everything they've ever done, every idea that they have about who they want to be in the future or desires that they prefer in the future, information about their relationships with myself and other beings, animals in the household, exists within the energy field as well. All that information is stored within who they are within their energy and it's actually easily accessible to an animal communicator now all that information is also accessible by communicating directly with an animal about it you can ask an animal what's your relationship like and hear their response that's a way of communicating too okay you don't have to get it from their energy field and real animal communication doesn't real animal communication is a dialogue back and forth where the animal is actively partaking Right now, Lyra is passively partaking in this communication because she's allowing you to practice sensing her energy. So, can you still feel her energy around you? Yes. Describe to me, without editing out anything, what does it feel like to you? How do you perceive it as a unique being? Um, the word that, I'm trying to grab the word. I don't quite have it. The word powerful comes to mind. Okay, excellent. Now take another deep breath and continue to sit in the energy. And what else do you sense or are you aware of that, sure, comes to mind as you feel Lear the Cat? wise excellent i don't know if that's an energy word exactly but so here's the thing every word that humans emanate from our mouth is energy the concept and the idea behind the word behind a word is just a label anyway is energy and in order for us humans in the human culture to speak out loud to each other we have to label the energy so sure there's going to be times where we struggle to describe an energy or to put a word to it, but we want to do our best to put a word to it so that we can communicate clearly with our own human-to-human species. So, yeah, it's not always going to be a perfect match, um, and other times it will be a perfect match. So, yep, wise and powerful makes sense for this cat. Now, I want you to open your awareness to her personality, Within the realm of sitting in her energy, you have access to all information about her, and she's wide open in allowing you access. So as you look at her energy or feel her energy, tell me something about her personality that comes to you. What is her personality like? Feel it. Mm. 
for me, the word that comes to mind is like, I don't get that she's playful. I don't. Okay. I get that she's like not quite businesslike. That's a little too strict. But um, like the word mature, that yes. she's she's not a silly, goofy, fun cat. She's she's um, serious. She's yeah. That's it. Like I was gonna say, no nonsense. <laughs> Because I can feel the energy of what you're sensing here. You're accurate. All of that is a very nice way of describing her. She's not truly in life a very um, playful individual, but she is a sh- sure um, serious gal and, you know, not quite business-like. Okay, so she's not like to a T. I've got to dot my I's and cross my T's and, you know, I'm looking down at everybody else by my nose. It's not that severe or intense. So the not quite business-like makes sense to me as well. Yeah, she's, she's on the serious side as far as a being goes. Very good. So when it comes to favorite or preferred areas in the home where she likes to lay down, what do you sense there? What comes to mind? What bubbles up for you? Okay, I've got to go back in my heart because now I'm going into doubt. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you for acknowledging that both to you and to me because I could feel you going there. I was going to let you hang out there a few seconds before interrupting you. Okay, so that means you are on a path of recognizing what you need to do when you need to do it to get back into where you need to be. So yay, that's part of the process of your evolutionary or evolution, Mary. So yay. All right, so drop down. Preferred places to rest or sleep in the home. Feel it in the energy field of her. All I got is the word warmth. Excellent. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to that second where that information on warmth came through. And I want you to sit within the warmth, okay, within that concept. Because within that concept is more information that's kind of tag-teamed or connected, if you will, to the idea of warmth. In other words, there's an unfolding of even more information for you. So go back to warmth and see what else is there. I sense um, curled up in sunshine. <laughs> well done. She curls up all the time. It's her favorite position. Okay. And some might say, well, it's a cat. Don't all cats do that? Well, yes. not in my experience. Okay. If, you, if you've been around cats long enough, no, that is not a truth for all cats. That right there would be, um, and I'm, I'm not saying this because you went down that road. I'm just pointing it out so that you can, you know, if in the future you have a similar thought, you'll be like, oh, it's not that example. Um, just like Siamese cats are talkers, okay, some people believe that all cats curl up, okay? So, nope, not true. 
Okay, very good. So, yes, she curls up and she sunbathes all the time. I have a sliding glass window that faces east, and oftentimes she is laying on the floor here, or she's in the master bedroom that has a huge picture window that faces south. Um, my particular condo in the building is oriented in such a way where we get sunshine throughout most of the day, and she likes to lay in there either on the bed or in other one of the areas in the master bedroom and sunbathe. So this makes sense. Well done. So back to her energy. And the cool thing is you and I can converse back and forth and you can even think, you know, in the moment that I'm talking to you so that you can, you know, embody what the, the learnings and teachings I'm offering you here. But we can also easily go back to the exercise a second later by taking a deep breath and going back there again. So deep breath, drop down, feel her energy. And within her energy, I want you to sense favorite activities the doubts coming <laughs> okay cool so now you know what to do yes the thing is what happens I get an impression and then okay. I doubt so then when I go back into my heart a lot of times it's hard for me to get rid of that initial impression so Even here's what I want you to practice okay? okay I want you to allow that initial impression to recultivate after you come back from doubt. So I don't want you to start from square one again. And I know a lot of ACers teach that, um, so I'm going to unteach that to you. I want you now to take a deep breath, go back to the start of that initial impression, which sure may not have fully formed enough for you to know what it is, but if you make it your intention to go back to the start of it, it will come back into being for you, and you can follow it a bit longer. So favorite activities. Okay, now I have a second thing, so I don't know which to go with. So I want you to give me everything. Give me both. The first was eating. Excellent. This makes sense for this cat, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And what was the second? Is batting things. <laughs> yes, indeed. Very good. So this cat loves to eat, which is probably why she's 18 pounds. Okay. <laughs> this is obese for a cat, and yeah. she and I are working on this. But, yes, this cat loves to eat, and she eats many small, tiny meals throughout the day. Okay, so this is good. The batting is also accurate. Now, let's see what other information exists within the batting. Now, Mary, by any chance, did more information than the batting come through, like what she bats, or if not, that's okay. I'll take you there. I get a picture of, well, the first thing was like, a rod with something hanging from it, and she's batting like yarn or something. Yeah, then her favorite toy. A, um, it's like a little mouse on the end of it. So again, okay. each one of 
the batting thing. Yes. So I have, it's kept here right in the corner of my kitchen. It is a wand toy, yes, with a string at the end, kind of like a fishing pole toy. Um, it's yeah. called the bird, is the, if you've ever seen that particular toy. It's got actually feathers, colorful feathers at the end. She does have a toy mouse, which is actually laying here in the kitchen as well right now. It's a little green catnip mouse with black eyes and a black nose. So she has that, and she's got other colored mice that she likes to bat around as well when they're not stuck underneath furniture. But the fishing pole toy, she mentions that all the time to students because of all the toys out there, that is her favorite. Oh, wow. She likes to bat at it. Now, when she bats at it, she doesn't jump wild like crazy lady all over the place like a lot of cats do. Instead, she tends to sit or lay down and bat at it when it conveniently comes close to her paws. (laughs) And that's about as much work as she'll do. Now, I did get the impression of her sitting and batting. I did well not get done. like <laughs> crazy stuff. That is true. <laughs> so that's confirmation for you. Well done. Good. It is. All right. We're going to do two more before we exit. Are you, it's, it's 3.08 my time. Are you, we're a little eight minutes past. Is that okay? That's fine. Yes. All right. I want to do two more. So take a deep breath. Drop down. Feel her energy. And just for kicks. I want you to invite her energy to amplify. You can do this by either asking it to do so, or if you prefer visuals, you can pretend there's a little dial there on the right side, and you turn the dial to bring it up to whatever intensity you prefer. Once you turn the dial up, let go of the dial and go back to feeling. And just tell me when you can feel her even more strongly than you've felt so far. Okay. Excellent. Now, within her energy field, I want you to get a sense of what her relationship towards me and with me is like. The word partner jumped out. Excellent. Now, I want you to go back to the second that you receive that information on partner, knowing that there's more information there. So sit with that and see what else is there. The word advisor popped out. (laughs) Very true. Yes, indeed. She is my partner. She is my advisor. Um, She's a very smart cat, a very wise cat, and she offers me a lot of insights um, when I ask it of her or when she initiates. So, yes, this makes sense. Good. Now, I want you to drop down if you haven't, in case you've left it already, and Now get a sense of what her relationship towards me or with me was like when she first came to me as a kitten. Hmm. The word afraid came up. Okay, good. Now I want you to sit with that and see what else is there. 
And don't edit anything. Tell me everything. All right. The words that came were scared of humans. Okay. Good. So afraid and scared of humans. Okay. Can you sense if our relationship on a spectrum, let's create an imaginary spectrum, uh, zero to ten. Zero represents there's hard relationship, tough relationship, strained, rough, around the edges, whatever you want to call it. Ten, other extreme, represents as ideal and loving and wonderful and positive and get along great as we can, and then, of course, you've got all the numbers, you know, one through nine there in the center on that spectrum. Where were we in the beginning when she first came to me? Um, The number three came up. Good. Now, advance to her being six months old. Where Where were we then? Out of four. Okay, good. And where are we now, present day? I want to tell you ten, but the number that popped in my head was eight. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm getting a nine from her. Yeah. Okay, so you and I are reading the same energy. You can ask 10 a communicators to ask an animal the same question, and we're all going to describe it or perceive it slightly different because you know what? You and I are unique vibrations, and we have our bodies, which you know furthers that uniqueness. So we're, we're not going to perceive it exactly the same. But it's not like you said 5 and I said 10. Okay, we're, we're akin. We're in the same area. So, yeah, I got a 9 from her when I heard you know, her answer, and you're getting an 8. So, yeah, that's in the ballpark. You are accurate, okay? So, yeah, we're not a 10, according to her point of view. <laughs> okay? and, and see, your ego jumped in there, and I know your ego jumped in because you were like, well, I want to tell you a 10. Okay, I know. This is the people-pleasing part of you, Mary, and I have that aspect too. It's called conditioning. We're wanting to please others. We want to make people happy. We want to please our animal friends. We, we want to do this. We want to do that. We're such giving people. You're a giving person and a loving person. But here's the awesome thing. If you truly want to honor a being, if you really want to honor me and honor Lyra and honor yourself, then you'd be willing to give the information of whatever truly is rather than what your mind wants it to be. Because you know what's more valuable? The truth is more valuable to all than what an egoic mind thinks or has the opinion about something. Does that make sense? Yeah. The other thing that flashed in a, in a sense when you were talking was that she was thinking or feeling like, you know, I don't give out tens easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's her. Yes, 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 yes. That totally makes her. She's, um, she can be a tough cookie. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so very good. So well done. So let me give you some feedback here. Yes, in the beginning she was a three and a four, in part because when she first came to me as a tiny kitten, I lived. I had three other cats at that time. She was cat oh. number four, and all the other three other cats always got along with each other, and she was attacking them and biting them and being aggressive towards them, and she was biting and attacking me. There was a time in the first 
I think it was the first two and a half years of her life where I was getting bitten or scratched, drawing blood, I mean, probably on average about every three days. And I'm not exaggerating here. She and I had such a strained relationship, and a lot of that strain came from she was having trouble integrating with the other cats. She okay. was sending to them to the vet with abscesses. She fractured one of my cat's um, pelvises in, in a tussle with them, in a fight with them. You know, and, you know, I went through the, my God, I need to rehome this cat scenario. You know, sure. because no amount of communication was shifting things, even in, even when we were using outside ACRs, you know, because, I, gee whiz, I was so close to the situation, I needed some insight and to make sure I wasn't mishearing her. And then things changed, okay, and now this cat is fantastic with the same three that she couldn't deal with in the beginning, okay? Wow. So, yeah, relationships can change over time. They can go from bad to worse and, you know, just the opposite as well. And it's okay to relay what you sense. It's okay. safe, Mary, for you to do that. Okay. okay? Well, I like that, but see, when I was feeling doubt, like, man, I shouldn't say what I was going to say, I thought, shoot, then you wouldn't have a way of telling me how close or not close I was. So that's, I am using, I am going to make myself do it even when I don't want to because I value all that feedback. It's going to be so helpful for me. Yes, it will. Exactly, exactly. And her being afraid and scared in the beginning, um, this was just her own insecurity. She was a tiny kitten. She really was very tiny when she came to me. I knew her at the age of four weeks, um, and, you know, she entered the home later than that. A few weeks later, I wanted her a bit older. I probably should have done it at four weeks, but um, that's okay. It might, may or may not have made a difference in what she and I went through in the beginning. But anyway, um, the afraid and scared, yeah, you know, she was, there were times she was afraid of me, and let me tell you, there were times I was afraid of her. <laughs> because after being bitten so many times, yeah, fear can kick in. Yeah. So. Excellent. Let's go ahead and thank her. And if you haven't already, just just disconnect. Um, disconnecting is basically like letting go of your focus is all, so that you know she's she's there and you're here. You're you're you and she's her fully, without in any sort of um, overlap anymore. Okay. All right. Any questions before we part ways? Um. No. Excellent. Um. Any self discoveries that have been really huge for you today? That. I can go back into a situation and get more information out of it. Yes. I haven't been able to do that before, ever. Okay, and, and you did it today multiple times, actually. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so well done. Yeah, and, and it's just about going back to that moment where you got that. And, you know, if it comes through as a feeling, go back to the feeling. If it comes through as a picture, go back to the start of the picture. If it comes through as a sensation in your body, go back to the sensation. So it doesn't matter what the origin of how it comes through. Just go back there and you can access it because you know what? There is no time on the other side. Everything always exists. Time is an illusion. Time is something here that's only on this planet, which is why you can easily go back to any time frame even to the one you want to select specifically, that impression that was just about to come through. Okay? So if you want to practice something besides the homework, which, of course, is optional, okay, that online sign-in with a password homework, if you want to practice something this week, I would invite you to practice the going back and forth between you sensing your energy and sensing the energy of another animal. It can be one of your own if you want. And if you want to 
sit in their energy to see what's there, to see what you know arrives to or bubbles up, as I like to call it, because there's no reaching. The information's right there. You just have to just be there, be present, and it shows up for you. It kind of like uh, waves its hand and says, here I am, and here's what I'm about. It offers itself to you. If you want to do that, do it with your own or do it with the wild bird you see outside in a branch. Um, and don't think you have to do it any more than a few minutes. If you, all you have time for is 30 seconds of it or five minutes of it, two minutes of it, awesome. If you want to do a longer one, by all means. But practice being you, sensing you, and sensing them because it will help you develop that sensitivity of sensing energy. And you know what? Animal communication is sensing energy. Telepathy is a language. What is it a language of? It's a language of energy. If you can do this exercise with Lyra, you can do animal communication because it's the same thing. It's yeah. sensing energy. Okay? okay. Yep. All right. Very good. <laughs> awesome. Then we will talk next week. Very good. Thank you so much, Danielle. <laughs> You're welcome, Mary. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.